It's Herb Alpern, the Tijuana Brass. I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio, as he is every week, is contributor to CBS Sports Ion Baseball and author of two books, one of them decent, Dane Perry. Before listening to this particular edition of the podcast, the bespectacled listener should be made aware of two things. The first of these is that due to scheduling conflicts on Perry's part, the recording for this episode of the podcast was conducted in the morning, hence the title of this episode, Dane Perry in the Morning. The second thing, one which the attentive listener might already suspect, is that your host (coughs) is a trifle ill. It is due to one or possibly both of these factors that I will admit right now sitting here in my house to remembering very little of what happened or for you, the listener, what is about to happen. If pressed... I can remember at one point Mr. Perry accusing me of a hate crime, and perhaps not surprising for those who are aware of Perry's work, rather a lengthy soliloquy on the virtues of his procreative urges. It's Fangraphs Audio, featuring baseball writer Dane Perry, and it begins right now. I don't know if you yeah. really... Do you really feel that way, Dane? Or is that an affectation? I do love you. No, I do love you. No. Is it like you. a... Um, Carson, Carson. I love you. Um, do you know that the... Um, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's, a widely, it's a widely known fact, of course, that um, uh, certain Eskimo tribes have uh, upwards of 30 words for snow, Dane. Is that right? No, I actually think it's false, but... Um, yeah, I it believe, sounds false. I believe David Denby wrote about that in a in a book oh, on okay. English in a book on language, and I'm I'm curious as to um, well I, one of two things, uh, uh-huh. how many words do you have for love, or uh, alternately, how many different loves types of love do you mean um, simply by that one word that one signifier love? Oh, okay, so you're getting the whole eros thing and all that, right? Different variants of love. Right, you're, right. I guess, yeah, I would call it eros because I, uh, usually when I see a Greek yeah. word, I like to just go ahead and pronounce it like Greek people would. But right, uh, you're not being Greek and all, right? Um, yeah, uh, I would say when I say I love you, I mean to all people, uh, equal parts humanistic love that one has for all fellow beings and dirty love. Like I would like to you. So two, two, two categories. Yes. Of yes. love. Are those for you? Or are those the only sorts, or do you have? Is there That's some, it. That covers it. Yeah. Okay. And the, and is that? Yeah. Are there any cases where you have only one of those? So to say, um, who could take a person? Um, that no. You have, or are they always intertwined for you? Yeah, they're they're always they are uh, Siamese twins. Yes. Well, you've often uh, been overheard. Um, Not even skilled surgeons can separate them. You've often been overheard um, um, in in your home and um, I believe a number of America's public restrooms. Um, uh, yeah. um, yes. Saying aloud that you would love, you'd like to make love to to the whole world. Yes, this is true. Yes, yes. But you know, if you'll recall, uh, as the title of my new book suggests. Making love is uh, a, a way of diminishing the competition for me. Oh, which which book was that? 
Uh, it's called business and f the secrets uh, to dominating the competition in the boardroom and the bedroom. And that's forthcoming. Yeah, that's forthcoming. Yes, it's gonna be out soon. I'll read an excerpt sometime. Um, if I'm to be understood correctly, that's not the only thing that's forthcoming. <laughs> hey, like these these. Is that what you mean? These and this. If if I'm correct, if I'm correct, Dane, that's not the only thing that's going to be out soon. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what you're saying. Oh. Well, anyway, right. I mean, if you can't uh, if you can't drive a, a joke into the ground, then what? what, what <laughs> right. What yeah. will you do in this life? That's that's what everyone. Right. Yeah. Sort of yeah, it's wondering. like a car. You drive it till it stops moving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you and Dillman Young both charged with hate crimes this weekend. <laughs> yeah. uh, what is? Um, I know that because um, well, a couple things. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because it gives us a thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, but first, we should we should note a couple things. First of all, I'm talking with. Um, first of all, I'm talking with. Um, a contributor to CBS Sports Eye on Baseball. <coughs> And author of two books. Home for all baseball fans. Author of two books, one of them decent, Dane Perry. Correct. Hello, everyone. I love you all. This is in all of the, in the two ways that he means. Yes. When he says he ways. loves you. The um, yes, uh, we should also mention that unlike many of the episodes um, on which you appear, Dane Perry, yeah. this one is being broadcast in the AM. Yeah, you really sound like it, too. You sound, like, groggy. Well, yeah, indeed, I am, like, actually. I'm a bit uh, yeah. under the weather. I am a bit sick. Yeah, you sound like you sound like, you, like your, your coward's heart has been exposed. That's a euphemism for a cold, I guess. <laughs> yeah. A euphemism for having, having yeah. a cold. Yeah, a small cold. Yeah, I do, don't get sick, I guess. I do have a, I do have a slight cold. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so that's... Slight case of moral cowardice. Is that what you're saying? Just a tad. Just yeah. a tad. And uh, yeah, so I'll be working under, I'll be working with that, but I figure uh, you gotta, you know, uh, this is not the sort of thing that can hold you back in this life. That's true, yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, that's that kind of depression era work ethic that, you know, that gets you through the day, you know. But uh, yeah, as we say, so this is. Um, Are so you gonna I, be able to nap later? Uh, no, I, I don't know if I'm to that. Uh, um, if I'm that ill, I, I think it's just a you know I need a nice uh, good night's sleep. I am still in my bed clothes as we record this. Ah, well. I still have my nightcap on. <laughs> your kerchief? Do you have a kerchief on? I got it all. Yeah, I got yeah, I got multiple okay. kerchiefs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That my yeah. uh, that my gentleman's that my personal gentleman. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that because I uh, I was reading some Robert Bly last night. And I uh, encountered a stanza of a poem that reminds me of you. Would you like to hear it? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. This is a reading from Robert Bly's Getting Up Late, the final stanza. <clears throat> Never be with your children. Let them get skinny like radishes. Let your wife worry about the lack of money. Your whole life is like some drunkard's dream. You haven't combed your hair for a whole month. Robert Bly, not, not, not a man. I don't think that anyone could argue that he is not a man. Iron John, yeah. He enjoyed uh, being a man. To, uh, could he see. enjoyed drum circles in the woods. Yeah. He—that's a man. 
If you if he were to walk into a room, Dane, how do you yeah. think he would do it? He would well loins first, uh, rip the cloth from around his sex and let his wave. That's what I think Robert Bly would do when he walked into a room. It's probably true. It's probably true. Um, yeah. He actually he yeah. actually would walk into entire countries loins first. Yes. They would. Yes, he would. They, they would arrive weeks before he did. <laughs> he would. He would send them along. They would take a separate flight. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> they would sit first class while while he was in coach. <laughs> um, oh right. boy. Um, no. So all right. So this is yeah. This so this is Dane uh, Dane Perry in the morning. Yes. Eight three in is. the morning. Another it, fine Robert Bly poem. At the at the <clears throat> to this to this point um, in this episode, it does not seem a lot different than Dane Perry in the evening. No, I've uh, had coffee, um, and I have uh, taken my spawn to school, and uh, I was just uh, sitting down to perhaps turn out a uh, fetching not drafts post. Right, and maybe uh, if we have time, uh, yeah. but Lord knows we have a lot well, to get to. Uh, sure. In the interim, if we have time, uh, we could perhaps do a little yeah. uh, knock graphs we can review. I, w- I would, I would love to. Yeah, to do that. but um, but in fir- but first, yes, you 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 invoked the name Delman Young. Um, I did. He was charged with uh, making anti-Semitic <coughs> remarks, which I roundly condemn. And you were charged with so hating our men and women in uniform that it became a hate crime. <laughs> right, and I'm just, this is uh, how I would deal with that um, thing you just said, which is that I don't feel that way. Okay. Dane okay. Um, likes to make a show of it. Uh, he thinks it's funny um, <laughs> to, su- to, to suggest that I've said terrible things off, um, um, off mic uh, when we're not recording. But, in fact, I, uh, I have not yeah. said those things. I have uh, only respect for our men and women in uniform, and uh, those are the uh, statements that I would like to make regarding that. I suppose at this point, it's my word against yours. Well, I don't like my chances in that regard because no, because your word is disgusting. And it will, it will... Minister of not graphs versus sleepy time pajama boy. <laughs> bedclothes. I prefer to refer to them as bedclothes. <laughs> okay, bedclothes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Do they have um, a flap in the back so you can use your bedpan? Do we know that? Did we know? Well, first of all, what do you think is the if you were going to to um, take the tact of a typical sports writer? What would be your what would be your reaction to this? What would be the piece that would appear in the morning paper? Uh, I would write something frothy with outrage. Right. Yeah. Out, outrage. Um, Outrage. That's actually strange. I was thinking about this. Um, out, outrage is a people is a is a thing. Outrage uh, and moral indignation is a, a a feeling that people like in in which people like to participate. Yes. Yes, it is. Do we know why? Do we know what the the sort of like the the qualities of outrage are that satisfy something that bring uh, in inside like the human brain that give them pleasure? Oh, you know, I suppose it. Uh Makes you feel better about yourself by comparison. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it. Yeah. yeah. But it, people, it, it does seem as though um, people. The internet have, helps, you know. 
You can get that outrage out there more quickly. Yeah, the internet helps with outrage. Um, yeah. Outrage, and the other thing I was thinking, that, um, especially I, I never knew people were this angry before Yahoo commenters existed. Like people are just pissed about everything. They're angry. They're, they are angry. Yeah, and they're able to especially express inspiration. it freely and without without reservation. I was uh, reading this uh, Yahoo article about uh, the. Uh, uh, tragic accident in New York where the uh, you know the van ran off the embankment and killed the family. That sounds terrible. I did not know about this, but now, but now my day is worse. It's terrible, Continue. and I have no jokes to make about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awful, and uh, the uh, family was Hispanic, as are many lovely people in this country, and the Yahoo commenters uh, decided to make it a uh, little immigration poo fight over this family's death. And uh, that is uh, that is sort of one corner of the internet in a nutshell. Well, actually, look no further than um, the the most re- a piece that we actually invoked recently on uh, on this podcast, which was the profile by Doug Miller of Dave Cameron at MLB.com. <laughs> oh boy! Um, um, <laughs> that in itself, uh, I think that yeah, a couple people. As some people wish death upon Dave Cameron because no. they disagree with him about the team. No, but no, but uh, some people in the comment section um, made some comments to, um, to the effect that um, uh, God was to be praised for, um, you know, to thank God for, you know, for Dave's uh, um, recovery. Um, uh-huh. And this is a way, of course, that some people. You know, if if they're happy or feel thankful for something, that's the way they'll express it. And a um, a rampant and enthusiastic atheist decided to um, go through to every comment in, in which someone had written, um, thank God for this happening, and um, <laughs> made a comment to the effect of, I think you mean thank science. And so luckily, fortunately... Um, that was you, wasn't it? No, fortunately, the comment thread uh, became a question of um, of, uh, of theology. <laughs> the existence of God. Yeah, truly, life. truly in the spirit of Dave Cameron's recovery. Um, only the best of human nature on display in that comment thread. Yeah. Um. So, oh, with boy. regard to Delman Young, go internet. So you were frothy without rage. You would be frothy without rage. I mean, you know, I uh, roundly condemn stupid comments like that. And uh, but it's one of those things like, yeah, of course, Delman Young is a dumb who said something stupid. You know, do we need 800 words on it? You know, you think you think it's not necessarily. You don't think the substance of his comments is of any particular note. You think it's just. I, th- I think a condemning blog post of look what this moron said, as opposed to I mean, how do you how do you wrench 800 words out of this? You know. Painfully? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, Delman Young's an idiot. You know, Delman Young allegedly uh, harbors anti-Semitic feelings. End of post. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Where so, for you, but, you know, because it's... A, I guess you have to draw conclusions about, you know, this is, this is uh, you know, hints at something deeper. This is why he hasn't hit for power yet or something, you know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the only conclusion you can draw. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, for me, because you do find those sorts of pieces in the in the sports pages um, or in the sporting section of 
of the internet sites that belong to newspapers. Uh-huh. And it's not really a sporting issue, I guess, right? It's an issue that concerns a person who is an athlete, but it's not—it's not happening on the field. Right. right. Yes. Correct. I think we can say all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess it might be more interesting if it happened on the field. You know. <laughs> if he was going to make anti-Semitic marks on the field. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Like. Uh, you know, just run, just like spot a Hasidic gentleman in the stands or something, and run up there, and you know. And he says, I, I, and announcing along the way, um, I do this in memory of Ty Cobb. <laughs> yes. If he yelled <laughs> while he takes a long pull of whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. entertainment right there. That would be. That's yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, nothing like a little casual xenophobia in the morning. I think we've hit all the issues. Good. I'm glad we've gotten yeah. it. Uh, this, part, yeah. this podcast. Stop arguing, everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So Delman Young. Delman Young. Well, I want to. Uh, I think idiot might be a strong word. He is because he's also a gentleman who could be a product of his environment. Do we agree that he could be a product of his environment? Sure. Okay. All right. But uh, right, perhaps he's not an idiot, but he said idiotic things. How about that? Let's say that. Let's say yeah. that. I'm still my good idiot, though. Okay. Um, yeah. So you, you want to you, fight me? I'm, I'm more than happy to. I don't want to fight you. I don't want to. No, fight him, Delman Young. I'll fight him. You'll fight Delman Young. I mean, I already beat Roy Oswald into a pulp. I'm surely take Delman Young, right? Is that why? Is that why Roy Oswald hasn't signed? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's licking those wounds. Yeah. Yeah. With his scratchy cat's tongue. Who knows how they how they cure wounds in Arkansas? Mississippi. Mississippi. Yes. Licking. We're 50th or 49th. Good straight. In what? Everything? Uh, obesity and literacy rates. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess if you want to frame it the other way, we're first in obesity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Does that make you feel better? We get a, every every citizen gets a championship belt for that. Very large belt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, one size fits all is problematized in Mississippi. Yeah. Seriously problematized. <laughs> one size fits most of us, let's be honest. You know, you can't buy youth sizes in Mississippi. <laughs> and more facts about that state. Yes, yes, yes. Um, oh, I had a question, Dane. I had a question. I. Um, well, this will be terrible. What? No, I don't. Well, I mean, you can answer however you want. Um, I will. Um um, because Wait. we were doing, uh, because this was going to be a morning broadcast. Uh, well, first uh, I, I had a, a poor idea, which is that we would. Um, I had a very poor idea, more poor than the idea that I'm about to submit. But the idea okay. was that that we would um, broadcast the show as if we were mo- what is it? like morning, like drive time morning DJs, <laughs> and be like, hello. <laughs> Like the morning zoo crew with Carson and Dane. Yeah, that's right. And you know, <laughs> prank call your boss and uh, that sort of thing. Hey, we got Teresa in the car. I doing Teresa? Let's get some traffic real quick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the um. <laughs> I'm amazed that anyone wants to listen to that sh- in the morning. Well, that so right. Well, I was saying that the, the reason it's not uh, the reason it's not great. Is because it, yep. it, 
it takes a lot of energy and it's yeah. painful. It's painful for all involved. So I didn't see any merits behind that. <laughs> it's probably like three minutes of material in there. But I was I was ready. Um, I was I did want to talk about this. Is that um, with regard to sporting radio, which may I'm not sure to what degree, and that's one thing I want you to reveal to what degree that has um, been important for you in your life. I do no, know that. Um, is that true? Well, so for me though, I lived in Montana in. Um, uh, from 2001 to 2004, maybe. Uh-huh. And at that time, Tony Kornheiser, Tony Kornheiser had a radio show. Oh, yeah. And he might yeah. have had uh, before that. And actually, Tony Kornheiser's radio show was really fantastic. For one, um, because he, um, as a rule, uh, uh, he never had listeners on. And uh-huh. I think that was actually because there was a ban. I think he had had listeners on before that, but um, he was okay. suspended at one point. Because yeah, some of, of his listeners behaved poorly, and secondly, he never had active athletes on. Okay, um, just sort of him and his opinions. No, him and uh, writer friends of his, and some okay. former athletes. He used to like to have John Riggins on. A lot. Oh, and I believe John that Riggins. Kind of crazy, right? He would talk mostly about whiskey, I believe, if I'm remembering okay. correctly. I can dig it. Um, had some whiskey the other night. Yeah. Yeah, but he would also do things like he had on like a local. Um, he had on like a local uh, opera singer from like whatever the Washington Metropolitan Opera or whatever the really? the organization is there, and he would have guests like that on as well. Um, you know, Tony Tony Kornheiser. Uh, I mean, he's like you know he's kind of a pantaloons wearing jackass these days. But back when he was with the Times, he could write. Yeah, he wrote some really good features. He wrote. Um, sorry, so I know that he's at the Post now, or nominally with the Post. He, he wrote for the New York Times, though. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like back, you know, uh, I don't know, late 70s, 80s. Wrote, uh, yeah, wrote some really good, like, you know, Sports Illustrated style long form features that were really quite good. Yeah. But you you forget about, uh, him these days. Now he's got his shtick. You, you think he had a shtick, what? With, uh, with, um, whatever. You know, he's just like, ah, you know, whatever. Well, you don't care for that. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't watch the show, whatever that show is, but I've had limited exposure. To it, and it's been enough to realize what's going on with it. So, no. Yeah. No, I I would say that no, I don't watch. Uh, pardon the interruption. Um, with great frequency, I have actually I don't listen to the Tony Kornheiser podcast anymore because the face of media has changed. I don't know if you're familiar with the fact that the face of media has changed. I understand media is going through some evolutions these days. Mm-hmm. I think we can. I think it's yeah. safe to say that media that is, are. I should say, I guess. So. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I think it be it might become a singular though at some point. Uh, either yeah, way, except either way. Yeah. Um, sure, sure. But I I actually I could I appreciated his show a lot at the time. And in fact, what happened was it was replaced in um, that because when he left the radio, uh, it was replaced by Colin Cowherd. Uh, oh God! Which was not. Oh, he's the effing worst. Which which is to say. Uh, Colin Cowherd, as an individual whom you meet, might be fine, um, but but his uh, his Doubtful. public what's that? Doubtful. His public persona is is grating. I mean, I just you know he's just he's just you know obvious troll. Says he crafts his opinions to whatever is going to get the most outrage or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's just so tiresome. And I just I can't believe it's a thing. It's like I, I do not listen to one second of him. But it pains me to know he exists. Now, did you're a person who has feelings for words. 
I love them. You love them? You love putting them into sentences? Uh, those sentences into paragraphs? Yeah. And those paragraphs into mediocre books? Yes, right, correct. <laughs> but, um... Replacement um, level. Now, sometimes, but uh, frequently, um, perhaps it's the case of all journalism, but frequently sporting journalism does not uh, necessarily hold itself to high standards or is not held to high standards in terms of quality of writing. And I'm not necessarily talking about the florid prose of Roger Angel. Yours is not the florid, florid prose of Roger Angel. It's more the... Turgid um, um, prose of W.J. Slattery. Yeah, sure. Who's that? Uh, he's that early 20th century sports writer in San Francisco that I got briefly obsessed with. Oh, okay, yeah. A couple posts about them. Right, or the um, or the or the sex-soaked uh, prose of the Marquis de Sade. I was thinking, <laughs> not Jackie Collins. No, not Jackie Collins either. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but in any case, um, can write. I'm wondering how how you resolve those two things, though, or don't you, or do you care? Oh, I don't care. I mean, I just uh, you know try to write the best crap I can, regardless of what the uh, prevailing genre is. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so who do you uh, yeah, who, to that. whom do you churn besides um, your colleagues at Knockrafts um, when you are uh, are looking for uh, sports writing at its best, sports writing that appeals to you, or does it not exist in the form that you'd care for it to exist? Uh, you know, there's enough old stuff out there to read. You know, uh, Slattery, Roger Angel, whose name you invoked, is awesome. Enjoy reading him. Um, because, but your pro style is unlike his. You can admit, you could say that. It is. That's true. But I mean, I can still appreciate it. Okay. Red Smith was an incredible writer. Um, Who has the most purple of the sporting pros? Do we know? Oh God, Grantland Rice is just hell to read. Yeah, it's like it's like senior English poetry or something. It's just yeah, yeah. Grantland Rice is just yeah. I I, I I mean, I get that he's revered because it was a thing at the time, but it just doesn't hold up. Franklin Rice, you suck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Is he alive still? No, surely not. Yeah. If you are, Mr. Rice, I apologize. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to say, you know, I, I enjoy uh, Gary Smith, Sports Illustrated, is an incredible writer. Uh, you know, my man Alex Belf over Bronx Banter is a. Uh, he's kind of become a uh, avocational sports writing historian, and he writes some incredible stuff. Invokes a lot of those guys. Pat Jordan is awesome. Oh yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. I recently came across a piece by Pat Jordan, in which Jordan, uh, it was a profile that Jordan did of Rick Ankiel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't necessarily. I don't remember where it appeared. So it might have been the yeah. Times. It might have been SI. But yeah. of course, Pat Jordan, I think at one point was a highly sought after. A, high, a highly touted um, pitching prospect. Is that right? Yeah, Fall Spring is an incredible book. Yeah, about his uh, failed pitching career. And then from that, um, but he, but from that, as as you know, he, I mean, he wrote that book and he wrote others uh, because I guess yeah. he failed in a way. I don't know if it was as dramatic in the way as as Chris as Rick Ankiel failed, but it had, yeah. I think it was similar, right, in some way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Just, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's ever any like pinpointable incident where he lost it, you know, like in Kiel. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's you know kind of a blue collar dude who essentially like took to the craft and taught himself to write, you know. 
like really took a nuts and bolts approach to it and uh obviously the outputs are uh very impressive he's uh you know one of the best ones going you know i recently listened to a wtf um do you know this podcast wtf You've uh, invoked it before, but I'm not familiar. Uh, uh, yeah, so um, it's uh, comedian Mark Marin. Um, he interviews um, comedians of all of all sorts, but um, most recently, or, or I should say, recently, he interviewed Mindy Kaling, who's one of the writers on The Office. Uh huh. And familiar with her cute self. Right. Um, well, first of all, some things I didn't know about her. Um, I did know that she was from Boston and came from um, a, a, from privilege, which of course I like is a quality I like in anyone. Right, of course. Um, but then she also, uh, what I did not know, which I learned, uh, is that she went to Cornell and studied Latin there. And I think she was a oh, fantastic – La- or no, Dar- sorry, Dartmouth. I knew it was a lesser Ivy. I just forgot which one. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not like it's brown. No, no, no. Uh, but in any case, uh, yeah, she studied Latin. That was her, that was her major. And um, she talked about uh, – and, and this is sort of I, – I don't, I don't know if Pat Jordan necessarily went to these extremes, but in terms of um, sort of – um, the auto, what is this, uh, when you instruct yourself, auto, auto, autodidact, autodidact, yeah, autodidacticism in, in, in writing, she would, um, she would uh, record uh, Saturday Night Live skits when she was like seven, uh-huh. and then she would play them, um, and as she played them, she would write them, de- she would write them out as though they were little plays. Okay. Um, so in terms yeah. of like internalizing the like the structure of a of a Saturday yeah, Night yeah, skit, yeah. I mean, as a seven year old, uh, that seemed to be pretty fascinating. Um, that is um, precocious, I would call it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've heard of tricks like that, like take a story you like and retype it, just to sort of get the flow and the the uh, physicality of it. Huh. Yeah. I can buy that. Did you ever do that with anyone's writing? I have not. No. Right. Jackie Collins, but hold on the topic. I think we could. I think from your prose, we can tell that Jackie Collins is not is not an inconsequ- inconsequential. Um, she is model uh, for your writing. She's not an inconsequential. I would call influence. her a necessary model of the past for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, Especially when describing. Right. I'm quite fond of the phrase "tensed phallus," which I, I believe was H. Lawrence. Um. Yes, good point. The um. <laughs> Carrying on. Yeah. The uh, um. Oh, okay. Oh, so I noticed that um, much uh, much to my regret, we're we're closing in on uh, on uh, uh, the end of our the end of this recording, Dan. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. Um, this one's going to disappoint a lot of people. I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. What do I know? Yeah. I never know what to think. Yeah. Um, but I do. I would like to address um, some of the some of the posts you've uh, done this week. Please do. Uh, in fact, actually, um, two of them. Come with me, won't you? Say that first. Come with me, won't you? Please, please no. No. Please no. No, but um, actually, um, what I noticed, uh, Dane, in, in your two most recent um, posts, two not graphs, uh, reflect uh-huh. this, yeah. is that a common theme in the work of Dane Perry. Okay. A common the- theme in the work of Dean Perry is siring children out of wedlock. <laughs> that seems to be that seems to be a, um, 
uh, procreating with women to whom um, the author is not married or the reader. Uh, for example, I don't need no maybes. I'm looking for some ladies to have my babies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The um, yeah. so, for example, the, the in the, your most recent piece, which is a, a sort of a chia pet. Um, yes. Pablo, Pablo Sandoval Chipet. It ends with the line. Everybody's friends. Uh, you have seen this now. Go, <laughs> now go to Buffalo Wild Wings and father many babies. <laughs> and then the other, uh, the one right before that, um, is a sort of um, a frightening, um, and uh, one might say um, a frightening venture to the uncanny valley. I think, as we can explain it, it, it is uh, Chin Min Wong. Uh, being informed that a child is his, I believe, is the... Yes. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I, I can't tell from the video. I, I think it's. I think that's his legitimate child. Okay, all right. It's interposed with uh, scenes of his, you know, extramarital adventures, I think. Yeah. It's, it's sort of the fools of domestic bliss versus his carnal urges. Yeah. Um, but yeah. so th- this seems to be a major theme um, in your work, and I'm wondering... Um, yeah. Um, I mean, would the reader benefit from any sort of um, close psychological reading of this, or are you participating in um, in a tradition? This is, you know, this is sort of an inside the actor studio situation. I well, you're talking to a man who fathered his first baby when he himself was a baby. Right. Yeah. Um, the phenomenon known as babies having babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was seven months old, and I impregnated Jacqueline Bissett. We go from there. Just seven I've impregnated old. many ladies over the years. Yeah, that's... thousands, I would say. Yeah. As Bob Marley once said of his uh, procreative powers, I won't have as many babies as as shells in the sea. I have taken that as my personal mantra. I try to live up to it. Impregnating ladies. Ladies, I give ladies babies. There is a, um, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the American comedian Tracy Morgan. I am familiar. Uh, I'm not sure if it's every appearance that he makes on uh, late night talk shows, but frequently when he's asked um, during a late night talk show appearance what he's been up to, um, one of his stock answers is to say that he's been getting getting women, getting females pregnant. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. (laughs) Well, uh, and I have gotten Tracy Morgan pregnant. <laughs> there you go. He looks yeah. it. He Jay looks it. Morgan. Yeah. 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 That is a thing that yeah. exists, I guess. Uh, now, um, um, some people might argue, or, um, and I don't know. I don't know what science would suggest that uh, gender is a construct. Gender is a so- social construct. And yet, the pro- other than the genitalia, totally true. Yeah. And then, other, uh, but um, the procreative urge. Yeah. Um, it is not necessarily a social construct, and yet, uh, so say something about that. I just said um, I said two things. Now you say a thing. <laughs> I want to have a bunch of babies to have an, a standing army. Oh, okay, own. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So take over territories. That actually is the advantage, I guess, because uh, I often would think about. Um, so, for example. My uh, grandmother, my my father's mother, came from a family. Got her pregnant. Please no. My family, my family of, uh, she came from a family of twelve, and I believe, like twelve, like ten of her brothers and sisters themselves had somewhere between eight and twelve kids. 
to the oh, point, that sounds awful. To the point where yeah. my dad, I think, has 60 cousins or something like this. Well, that's a little ridiculous. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, that's awesome. Well, point being, um, I often think as someone who has no no children um, and yes. um, would, is afraid to have a single child, <laughs> terrified, um, can't even imagine having two children because of the mm-hmm. um, effort it would require and okay, the cost. Triplet. The cost. I cannot think of having twelve children. I cannot imagine. But I guess what occurs to me is two. Well, two things. One, I guess if you're running a farm, which they were. Yeah, it's like a labor force at that point. Yeah. At that point, right. And then at a certain point, and I don't know at what number this becomes the case, but the um, they start taking care of each other. So you like the the oldest will take care of the fourth oldest. Do you see? Right. Were any of them killed in a threshing accident? No, not that sort of accident. I'm sure that I know. I know. I think that they made it pretty far, all of them. Uh, okay. All right. I don't know if there's any loss of life, maybe limb. Um, I mean, it's a you know, when you hear like huge family, farming family, you assume one of the kids was killed in a farming accident right. at some point. You do, yeah. 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 In this case, I don't think that was. Oh, you hope one was actually. Oh, just for to feel that, to feel that just, thing. Just, you feel. Yeah, just for the for the sake of the narrative. Yeah. Yeah, right. And there's also that that sort of rubbernecking quality, right? We right. Can, <laughs> you're close yeah. to you're close to a tragedy, but it does not affect you in any real way. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh god, isn't it funny all the bad <laughs> that happens to subsistence farmers? Yeah. Funny is not the precise word that people use. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what you were saying. <laughs> Off. Off air. Yeah. yeah. When you're charged with a hate crime for what you've done to subsistence farmers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. The strangest. The strangest hate crime at all. I didn't. I didn't even know it was a group you could hate. <laughs> you got you to gotta be careful in the Midwest, man. Yeah. Yeah. The. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, so, Dean. Um, Dean Perry in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm having some uh, um, American oatmeal. Made in the munitions factories of this fair land. Um, is this the uh, is this John Tesh's um, rough cut oatmeal that he likes so much? John Tesh. I believe John Tesh is a proponent of um, steel cut. Oh no, this is uh, like I prefer to be able to microwave mine. Yeah. I'm a busy man with a lot of high level meetings to attend. Yeah. So I like to be able to microwave mine in a hurry. And I believe steel cutouts are uh, something of a task to microwave. Like you actually have to get on a pot, boil water, go through that rigmarole. And I'm sure John Tesh's people did that for him. Steel cut oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah. John Tesh. John Tesh, um, John Tesh is a proponent in favor of, is a proponent of, proponent Proponent for? Proponent of or proponent for? I think proponent of, but... He is a proponent of steel-cut oatmeal. Um, Okay. um, We should go, but uh, last story. I had a friend when I lived in Portland. I had a friend who was in advertising. Advertising? Uh He was in advertising. And um, he was contracted by Amway. Oh, God. He was contracted by Amway to help them... Um, he was given an Amway catalog and told that John Tesh would be, uh, um, I guess, branding some of the some of their products. 
with an actual cattle brand. No, no, that's fun, dude. That's amusing to think of. Yeah. Um, no, John Tesh would be essentially, you know, he'd be in the catalog and be like, this is the John Tesh. John Tesh presents. Presents section of the Amway catalog. And um, um, so my friend had to had to choose, had to go through and choose the products that would make most sense to receive the John Tesh brand. The most Teshian products of the product line. But one, apparently the one product that John Tesh demanded um, to endorse, <laughs> demanded endor- to endorse was... Steel cut oatmeal. <laughs> this this was a priority. Did negotiations break down over that? Because no, in like, fact, um, I have just actually um, illicitly Googled uh, John Tesh steel cut oatmeal, and in fact, at Amway you can buy a steel cut oat bar. <laughs> I thought Mel Torme had dibs on endorsing the oatmeal. No, no, no he didn't. You don't even know that is, do you? I do know Meltor. Skittle bop. <laughs> okay. Is that, right. a, is that a fair characterization? I don't know. All right. All right, Dane. Uh, this. Uh, this has been Dane Perry in the uh, in the morning. I guess this is what he sounds like in the morning. You. I'd like to thank How's you, that? Dane, for for joining us um, for this edition of uh, your your weekly podcast Carson it was my pleasure alright I love you I love you it has been uh, turgid Dane Perry oh, I have been the, the um, slightly ill Carson Sestouli in this has been another episode of Fangraphs Audio my are like concrete <laughs> <laughs>